0: your podcasts
1: Hawkeye fans get ready it's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show powered by the Polk County i-Club on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM KXNO and welcome to the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO, also 106.3 FM, anywhere in the world, on the iHeart Radio app, and this will be available on podcasts on HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, first thing tomorrow morning. We are powered by Reynolds & Reynolds Insurance. Thank you to Reynolds & Reynolds for their support of Hawkeye Nation and Hawkeye Athletics, as well as the Polk County Eye Club. The president of the Polk County Eye Club is Joe Schmelka. He typically joins me here on Thursday nights, unable to do so tonight. Uh, Shout-out to Joe. We're thinking of you and hope to have you back next week because this is going to be a fun show, and hopefully next week will be a fun show as well because everything's good, everything's better. A 49-7 beatdown of Michigan State last week is what we're going to be talking about. And then, of course, previewing tomorrow night's big game. Floyd of Rosedale on the line as Iowa travels to Minnesota. A 6 o'clock kick on a Friday night. That's right. Set your calendars if you've forgotten. Don't wake up Saturday morning and, and see the paper that uh, Iowa won and you missed the game. Friday night, 6 o'clock kick. Uh, you can hear that game on News Radio 1040 WHO. A great place to watch that game is the front row. Great place for every Hawkeye game in Clyde. That's typically where we would be doing this show, but due to COVID and uh, 2020, we'll just just say 2020. Due to 2020, uh, Joe and I are in studio each week here at KXNO as we do the Hawkeye Nation radio show. A big show tonight. John Miller will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. He is, of course, the founder of HawkeyeNation.com and he is now at HawkeyePodcast.com doing some really cool innovative things over on that website. And the more the merrier as far as Hawkeye coverage. uh, That's as far as I'm concerned. So we'll be talking to John here in just a couple of minutes. We'll break down the win over Michigan State. Look ahead to the Minnesota game tomorrow night, and then maybe get into a little bit of hoops because Iowa is a top five team in the country in college basketball. Of course, uh, an AP All-American unanimous selection for Luca Garza, All-Big Ten, Big Ten preseason player of the year. All of those things, uh, a lot of good coming for the Iowa basketball season. Fingers crossed that we have a full Iowa basketball season. After we talk with John, we'll bring in Joe Hugan. He is a contributor to HawkeyeNation.com, a podcaster for us, and uh, we'll talk a little bit of football with him as well. And then we're going to take a look at the other side. We're going to go up to Minnesota, up to Minneapolis. Uh, the Star Tribune's Megan Ryan covers the Gophers for that publication, and she's going to join me to uh, take a look at the other side of things. Uh, get an inside look at Minnesota, where their problems have been in the first couple of weeks, how they kind of broke out of their slump the way I would did this past weekend. Uh, their high powered offense and their suspect defense. We'll get into all of that with Megan Ryan in the third segment. And then finally, we'll have our predictions and we'll get out of here as we get closer to eight o'clock. Again, want to thank Reynolds and Reynolds Insurance for presenting the Hawkeye Nation radio show and want to encourage you to join the Polk County Eye Club. Uh, it's a cool organization, really helps Iowa athletics. And in a year like this, uh, if you can do anything to help Iowa athletics, it is very much appreciated. And John Miller joins me right now Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. John, how you doing today? Doing great, Andrew, doing great. Everything is good, right? The Hawkeyes win, the offense looks great, the defense stood up. Uh, all the problems that we were worried about a week ago have all gone, right? <laughs> well, they
2: they're gone for uh they're gone for a Saturday at least, that's for sure. It was a lot more fun. A lot more fun to see Iowa, you know, maybe look a little bit more offensively like what we thought they would, but man, that was that was quite a confluence of events last week that I didn't quite see that coming. The yeah, Iowa was scoring a whole bunch of different
1: ways. What what kind of major improvements? What was I mean, could you put your finger on one or two big things that you saw that were changed that made this look like a different team?
2: Well, to me they ran the ball more out of spread formations like we've been talking about for seemingly years and it was very successful. They were very multiple in their running game attack. Yes, they didn't exclusively do that. They still did a number of their traditional um, power looks with zone scheme, but they did more gap blocking in this game. They were just more multiple. And I also think that Michigan State's defense looked as ill-prepared to go up against Iowa's zone scheme as any defense I've seen in a while, which is especially shocking considering it's Michigan State. Um, their linebacker number forty-five. Just on, on the first touchdown of the game, he played his technique against Iowa's outside zone, um, and the zone blocking scheme was about as bad as I've seen a Big Ten linebacker do. And he got caught in the wash, and Iowa scored a touchdown. So I think Iowa really just took advantage of of, of Michigan State. They mixed things up, which was great to see. Two hundred twenty-six total yards rushing for Iowa. Five point uh, eight average yards per play on the day, 5.5 yards per rush. That's what you want to see. And also, Iowa brought back, and hopefully it stays back every single week going forward, their jet sweep motion game, which, you know, Charlie Jones had two rushes for nearly 40 yards. Both instances were first downs. And then they used that motion in what's called ghost motion when they don't hand it off. It just makes the defense stop and think more. And that's what you want to see.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll see a little more of that with Amir Smith-Marset returning to the, the team for uh, tomorrow night's game against Minnesota. Uh, before we, we move on to that game, I did want to touch, you mentioned Charlie Jones' name, and uh, certainly a guy that we had heard a lot about but definitely introduced himself to Hawkeye Nation uh, on Saturday afternoon the special teams that are going right now at Iowa. Now, Keith Duncan had a rare miss Saturday, but what Tory Taylor did uh, from punting, and we all know punting is winning, what Charlie Jones did, not just in the, the kick or the punt return he took for a, a touchdown, but several before that, you kind of felt he was about to break one. Uh, and, and then Keith Duncan, who's an elite kicker, got the groza stolen from him a year ago. I mean, is this the best special teams we've seen under Kirk Ferentz?
2: It might be. Uh, when you also talk... You- So right now you've got Jones leading the big 10 in punt return yards per game. Uh, He's number one in the nation uh, in 50 return yards per game, punt return yards per game. But you've got Amir Smith-Marset as the number one kickoff returner all time in big 10 history. And you have Keith Duncan, who's maybe at this point in time, the most accurate kicker, one of the most accurate kickers in Iowa history. So the answer to that is yes, I think, I think so. And, when you th- toss Tory Taylor in, he's only had one punt returned this year, and that was um, a punt that went for negative eight yards in the turnover against Northwestern. Ten of his 17 punts have been downed inside the 20-yard line. He is, I mean, his he, to me, Andrew. I won't ask you this. I'm going to say it since I'm older than you. He's the most exciting punter I always had since Reggie Roby. And I know when you say most exciting punter, that seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> right. But actually, in the second half of the Michigan State game, when the game w- was no longer in doubt, I actually was kind of ha- happy when Tory Taylor trotted out, so we could see more of his wizardry with that football. And you know, I watched Tyler Cooper's uh, breakdown this week of Tory Taylor's punting style. I've, I, I, it's been almost four decades since I've been this excited about a punter.
1: It's fun. It's it's fun. I mean, as you said, it's. Hard to get too excited about a punter, but we know as as Iowa fans, and certainly in the Kirk Ferentz era, so many games come down to little things. So many games come, come down to field position, and to have that kind of a weapon, and we've seen several years where Iowa didn't have that weapon or even had a, a detrimental player at punter where you, know, you, were, you really weren't able to flip field position. It, it really is. It becomes an important part of these games that Iowa typically plays, which are close, you know, one-possession games. Yeah, I mean, the
2: punter isn't especially at Iowa is the extension of a a defense. Um, It's the first defensive play of a defensive series. That's the way that you look at it. It's what helps to set and establish the line of scrimmage. And when you have a punter that can flip the field the way that Taylor has, at least through three games, that sometimes means a team has to get an extra first down or two, if they're going to get into field goal range, much less the red zone. I mean, Think of the punter and the punting game as the first play of a defensive series, and uh, when you got a guy that goes, you know, anytime you see something that's fifty-five or sixty-plus, that's almost like a tackle for loss because you're just pushing a team back farther.
1: Looking ahead to, to Friday night's game. I'm talking with John Miller here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show, 1460 KXNO, now on 106.3 FM. Minnesota had a very similar first three weeks to Iowa. Uh, you know, got, got beaten down pretty bad by Michigan, which I would didn't, didn't suffer, but uh, a close loss to Maryland in week two, a disappointing 0 and 2 start, and then kind of a get right game against Illinois before this uh, big rivalry game on a Friday night. Uh, this this seems like a team, John, as I look at it, with a high-powered offense and a really bad defense. Is Iowa going to need to score in the 40s again to, to get a win Friday night?
2: I hope not. Um, now, their offense is legit. You're talking about um, a pretty impressive triumvirate in you know receiver Rashad Bateman, in running back Muhammad Ibrahim, and then, of course, Tanner Morgan at quarterback. I mean, what Ibrahim's done the last, two games. He's rushed for 200 yards in each of those two games, and he's had four rushing touchdowns in each of those two games. The last time a Big Ten running back did that it was 18 years ago with Larry Johnson and Penn State. And, and Bateman, their receiver, he's already got 24 receptions this season. He's got over 2,200 2, yards in just 29 career games at Minnesota and 18 touchdowns. Um, and, and he's obviously Morgan's favorite target. So their offense returned a lot of, uh, of players from last year. I think nine. Uh, they've got a salty offensive line. They definitely want to run. Ibrahim is the leading rusher in the Big Ten, uh, 190 plus yards per game. I mean, he's he's legit. The good news is for Iowa, they're the number one rushing defense in the Big Ten. Like we talked about last week, this is not a flashy group. This is not a group that's going to throw up a ton of sacks. But I think it's just it's just hard. The run against Iowa always has been, but Minnesota does like to spread it out. Minnesota is going to run a lot of schemes, Andrew, that I would like to see Iowa run. That puts their running back in favorable situations Mm. with more space in the box, definitely.
1: How do you see this game playing out? I mean, are are you confident about this game as as an Iowa fan?
2: Um, On the confidence index, I have more confidence, and I would say I was... I would say I have the second most. I was more confident last week, probably. Yeah. um, But Michigan State turned out to be maybe a little more disarray than I thought because Michigan is in a lot more disarray than I thought. I I think that you got to have a defense, and and how how many times have we seen an Iowa football game in regulation get into a a shootout with both teams in the mid thirties? It's just not common. They don't. It doesn't happen. I'm not saying it can't. But I think Iowa's going to put a 30 spot up at least in this game, and I have a hard time believing they're going to give up a 30 spot.
1: John Miller joining us here. Hawkeye Nation Radio Show, KXNO. Uh, before I let you go, John, a, a flip to, to basketball because the, the polls are out. Iowa, a uh, top five team in the AP poll, uh, I think for the first time in the preseason. Luca Garza, obviously unanimous All-American, the Big Ten preseason player of the year. All of the accolades uh, that you would expect. I'm getting a little worried about the basketball season. I was hoping they would have a little better or more concrete of a plan uh, as far as maybe a bubble situation or, or what this was all about going to look like but I'm not gonna let my mind go there just yet because I've been looking forward to this basketball season uh, since the last one was abruptly ended uh, how do you feel about this basketball season how how excited are you and I guess maybe is there more hype than you've ever seen around this program right now
2: well my my, my excitement level is certainly uh, is certainly very strong I mean this is a, this is a basketball season that kind of been waiting I wouldn't say my whole life for because I was alive and was able to watch the the eighty six eighty seven season and the eighty eight eighty nine season. There was a lot of hype around those, but yeah, this is one of those that we've seen coming since last year. And when Garza made the announcement that he was returning, yeah, this is this is something that we want to have. And then you know the the number five ranking in the AP, the highest ranking that uh, an Iowa an Iowa team's had um, since the nineteen fifties in the preseason and. You know, I was just looking up a few things for the podcast or the, the live broadcast I'm going to do tonight at hawkeyepodcast.com, which, of course, is free for everyone. Um, Iowa, I mean, they've not spent much time inside the top five, even in a season. They had three or four weeks back in 2016 where they did. But before that, you have to go back to 1989 where the last time they were in the top five. So this is um, heady territory. It's rare ground for an Iowa basketball team. And if we don't get this basketball team, if we don't get this basketball season, this near 50-year-old man's going to go into a childlike funk.
3: Yeah.
1: Me too. I, I said this, I mean, right when this, uh, this summer at some point, I said I would give up this football season to, to be sure that we get a full basketball season. A lot of people thought I was crazy because football is the king of sports in America. But man, I've, I've been excited for this. And I think this team is, is capable of doing things, John, that have never happened in my lifetime, like competing and maybe winning a Big Ten championship, like getting to a Final Four. You've talked about and you've kind of talked me off the ledge of expectations with this football season. Uh, are you, where are your expectations, I guess, for this basketball season in a pandemic? Are you taking it in stride like you did with football, where uh, this is all kind of, uh, you know, hopefully it gets done and happy it's here? Or the fact that everything is kind of lined up to this season, are there still these great expectations in your mind on this team?
2: Uh, Yeah, incredibly great expectations in mind. And no, I'm not taking this one as uh, an exhibition year because, um is not going to be around for another year Wees can't probably won't stick around for another year Bohannon wouldn't i mean this is this is this is kind of it and uh so if it gets taken away uh, or if they come out and they're uh, you know they they're just above 500 in big 10 play and they get bounced out in the second round of the tournament it, that's going to hurt a lot more than football uh this football season for me for sure
1: you mentioned HawkeyePodcast.com and your live broadcast coming up tonight. Tell the people how they can uh, be a part of that and uh, some of the other kind of innovative, fun things you're doing on HawkeyePodcast.com.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know I do live broadcasts every Thursday night, and that's accessible for anybody. You don't have to have a subscription. Um, you know, when Every live broadcast turns into a podcast. You do have to have a subscription to access the podcast. And then we do live broadcasts on, uh, during halftime to the football games. And then immediately after the football games, again, those live broadcasts are available for everyone. And then I uh, produce several written pieces of content throughout the course of the week, uh, various things, breaking news, quick comments and hitters, etc. my thoughts, kind of the same things I've always done throughout the years. All of my written commentary lives uh, at uh, thehawkeyepodcast.com. And Patreon is the uh, subscription service that I use, and it's all very affordable, so give it a check.
1: John, thank you so much. We always appreciate the time. Uh, Hopefully we have a, a fun night tomorrow night.
2: All right. Thank you, Andrew. Take care.
1: There it is. And John's expectations and hopes uh, echo my own for this basketball season. I, I really need this to, to, to happen. I really, really want it. But of course, we have things to uh, tackle before then as uh, Iowa has a big football game, Floyd of Rosedale on the line. Tomorrow night, a Friday night kick, six o'clock. Uh, you can hear that game on News Radio 1040 WHO. If you're uh, willing to go out and about and watch that game, there's no better place to do it than the front row in Clive. It's like a Hawkeye Museum. It is typically where Joe Schmelke and myself would be. Doing Doing this show, the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. Uh, we are going to be in studio for this season due to the pandemic, but uh, do, do encourage you to get out and... Uh and check out the front row if that's something you're you're willing and able to do. When we come back, we're going to talk with Joe Hugan. He's kind of the voice of the fan on HawkeyeNation.com, does podcast for us, and we're excited to get his take on what happened last Saturday, what he expects this Friday night. And again, a big rivalry game for the Hawkeyes. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show. We are powered by Reynolds & Reynolds Insurance, and you're listening to 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM.
4: Diving deep on the sports you love, the teams you care about, and the stories you need to know. Miller and Condon, weekdays at 10 on 1460
2: AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.
3: Reynolds and Reynolds is a full-service family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds and Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products including health, life, disability, 401k, property and liability insurance. At Reynolds and Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling and price. Please call Reynolds and Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents or look us up on the web at reynolds-reynolds.com. At Reynolds and Reynolds Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks.
0: John Miller here for The Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call The Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's
4: 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says, Go Hawks! Every day, Fast Signs helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Signs, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Signs today. Call
1: Fast Signs and Clyde at
0: 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42.
4: Hey folks, John Miller
0: here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and Westside's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give Westside a call, 515-276-8899, Westside Appliance, your home appliance repair experts.
1: Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes, or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com. Again, that's 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, and anywhere you are on the iHeartRadio app. Or check out the podcast if you missed our first segment or can't stick around for the rest of the show up until 8 o'clock here. You can find the podcast at Nation.com or wherever you get your podcast, just search Hawkeye Nation. Uh, we are powered by Manchester Leasing. We appreciate their support of Hawkeye Nation, the Polk County Eye Club, and Hawkeye Athletics. I am Andrew Downs and uh, when you search for those podcasts one of the voices you will hear is Joe Hugan, and he joins me right here as he does every Thursday night. Uh, Joe is kind of the voice of the fan for Hawkeye Nation. Joe how you doing man?
5: Hey, you're doing much better, feeling, feeling great and recharged after last Saturday's
1: victory. Yeah, how good did that feel to kind of see that offense uh, come together, uh, realize some of its potential, even without the top receiver and Amir Smith-Marset, uh, see the defense kind of lock down, get some turnovers, and really just play a blowout game in a Big Ten game against a not great opponent, but a historically good rival. Uh, how good did it feel to just kind of let all that loose on Saturday afternoon?
5: I think it was exactly what we were expecting to start the season off with. And it all kind of came together. It wasn't uh, something uh, that a lot were expecting. I certainly wasn't, but it all fell into place. I thought it was a great uh, offensive uh, game plan by Brian. And really, just everybody who gelled just seemed to all kind of coalesce into a, a good rounded team victory.
1: If you could point to one or two improvements that you saw on Saturday, that you were like, yes, there's the thing, that's the thing. We didn't see in those first two games, and we're seeing now, and, and that's kind of why this looks different or feels different. Uh, what, what are some of like the major improvements that you saw from week two to week three?
5: Well, I, I saw a lot of uh, line control, a lot of a lot more discipline. We weren't making the mistakes that we uh, were typically making the, in the first two games. Um, saw uh, just a much better running game, um, you know, Goodson uh, was, was better than good, uh, and we really controlled the time of possession finally, which is something that we had struggled with. So I think uh, just a lot more discipline and uh, a lot better defensive play as well. Johnson-Dolson, um, Kerner, uh, these guys really stepped up, and Dixon, of course, just, uh, just a monster there, and just making those adjustments and really focusing in. So I, I think that the, the game plan was to you know not do too much, but just do what we really do well um and and we had a great game so
1: Really fun to see Charlie Jones get into the game, not just as a uh, as a punt returner, where he obviously had had a huge impact, had a had a touchdown, and it really kind of felt like he was going to break one after those first couple of punt returns because he, he really had it going, and and the punter was really kind of giving him that opportunity. But then also to get in on the offense and some of those jet sweeps, and you know maybe make Amir Smith Marset, who was sitting on the sideline or wherever he was watching the game, realize, oh man, uh, I'm maybe I'm not you know the the only guy who can do some of these things uh, on this team. Uh, good to see Charlie Jones really make a big impact.
5: Yeah, he he's an electric player. Uh, I had mentioned on Twitter. I said, you know, he, he's he's not Tim White. I'm not making that comparison, but he gave me the feeling that I used to have when Timmy would touch the ball. Yeah, like you just you just felt like he, he could take it all the way each time he touch it. He's electric. He's got that quickness plus that speed. Just just really fun to watch, and I, I was glad to see him uh, get that touchdown low punt return. But, uh, yeah, to your point about Amir Smith, uh, you know, it's nice to have a year where you can be comfortable even knowing that your number one receiver is out, but yet you can't, you can't feel it by, by the gameplay that's happening, uh, you know, during that. I, I didn't even realize he was, he was not there, and that was a nice feeling.
1: It really was, yeah. And, you know, as we look ahead to the Minnesota game, uh, they've had a season similar to Iowa's, a disappointing 0-2 start and then a get-right game against Illinois last week as they head into this short week uh, to to take on Iowa. Uh, When you look at Minnesota, there's obviously a lot to look at offensively between Tanner Morgan, uh, Rashad Bateman, and then Ibrahim, Muhammad Ibrahim, who's having just an incredible season. Uh, What worries you most as you look at this Gopher team?
5: (laughs) Muhammad? Uh, and then uh, their conversion rate on third down uh, mm. they don't they don 't do a lot uh, a lot of great things in the air, but when it comes to third down, they get it done, and that's something that 's something that's kind of concerned. Uh, their uh, offensive line play is is channeling really well, so we 're going to have to get a lot of penetration. I think that if we can get into Tanner just like uh, last week uh, getting into mission stage quarterback, that we'll have a lot of success but we have to keep that pressure up that 's where that physicality is really going to come into play. We had uh, talked about uh, um, you know Doyle leaving, and if we would have the uh, the kind of strength conditioning to, to go. I think we saw that last week. We're not far off, if we're we're far off at all. I mean, we have the ability to do it. We just have to do it for four quarters. And this is a team that is going to be physical. Uh, I don't think that their defensive play is as as physical as their offensive play, uh, which should be to our credit. I think our running game is going to do really well, but really it's just going to be the physicality from start to finish in this game.
1: You mentioned the Minnesota defense. Certainly the weakness of their team. They're, they're giving up a lot of points, and there's an opportunity there for Iowa, no doubt. Do you think this is a game where Iowa's offense is going to have to score in the upper 30s or 40s to, to come home with a win? You know,
5: I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be as high of a scoring game. I know people are going to be really thirsting to throw it downfield and to score some quick, easy touchdowns. I, I don't think there's any easy touchdowns to be had. I think we're, we're faster and, and, and more physical on the offensive side of the ball, to their defense. But I think it's going to be a ground and pound. I think that they're really going to want to control the uh, the time of possession in this game. They're not going to want to give it to their offense, especially with uh, a guy who's been on fire, uh, Mohamed Ibrahim. I mean, that guy has just been murdering people. Uh, they, they have lost two games at the beginning of the season, but if you look at that Maryland game, that was a high-scoring affair. So they have a lot of offensive potency. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, a lower scoring game where we're going to try to establish that running game, really you know, set that tempo and control, and just, just kind of grind them out, annoy annoy them to no end, and not let them. Know.
1: He's Joe Hugan. I'm Andrew Downs. You're listening to the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. Joe, Minnesota hates Iowa. They make that clear as often as they possibly can. <laughs> Do we hate Minnesota? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't think we
5: hate them as much as they hate us. Uh but uh no, I mean we, we love to go up there. It's a fun game. It's a, I think it's more fun for us because they're so annoyed with us. Um, you know, kinda like the little brother, you know, he really, really wants to win, but just won't let him. And uh I, I get a kick out of that. I, I've heard the whole chant. Every every game they have apparently third quarter, they say they hate Iowa. Uh to me that just uh, that's kinda fun. It just makes me feel good.
1: You, you couldn't get much different uh, than the differences between Kirk Ferentz and P.J. Fleck. Uh, and, and, and Fleck, I, I kind of go back and forth with Fleck. He annoys me at times, and then other times he'll say something or he'll do something, or I'll be like, Oh, you know what, I, I kind of like that. I appreciate that. What what are your overall thoughts on P.J. Fleck? Oh,
5: P.J., I, you know, I really like him. I think he's got high energy. Uh, I watched that uh, – uh, ESPN thing a couple years ago. They had on him basically a recruiting uh, tool for free, apparently. Um, (laughs) uh, He's fun. He's passionate. Uh, I think his antics are a little overplayed at times. But I can see why guys are playing for him. And he's become a lot more competitive. I mean, Iowa kept him from a perfect season uh, last year. And, you know, they're they're not going to forget that. So I I think that he's a good guy, but uh, definitely a guy you love to beat. Uh, just because he's uh, he's done it for it. you know he doesn't like Iowa. All
1: right, Joe, give me a prediction here. Is Iowa Friday night going to bring home the bacon, come home for the sixth straight year with Florida Rosedale?
5: Uh, We're bringing that pig home. We're bringing that pig home. It's going to stay in Iowa. I'm thinking uh, a 31-27 victory uh, up there at Kenneth North.
1: I like it. I like it. Joe Hugan. thank you so much. We appreciate the time. We will talk to you a week from now. Thank you, Andrew. Go Hawks. There it is, Joe Hugan giving his prediction and his thoughts on the game. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the other side of things. We're going to go up to Minneapolis and the Star Tribune where Megan Ryan covers the Gophers, and she's going to tell us what we can expect from that team tomorrow night. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show right here on KXNO. It is powered by Manchester Leasing. I'm Andrew Downs, and we'll be right back. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand in hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester Ls. Com. Again, that's 515 446 7322 or manchesterls.com.
0: John Miller here for The Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call The Roman Group at 515 278 That's 515-278-4531. The Vroman Group says, Go Hawks!
3: Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401K, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds & Reynolds, Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks.
4: Every day, Fast Signs helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At FastSigns, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Signs today. Call
1: Fast Signs and Clyde at
0: 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. Hey folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West side has been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give Westside a call. 515-276-8899. Westside Appliance, your home appliance repair experts.
1: Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 1460 KXNO now on 106.3 FM as well. My name is Andrew Downs in once again alone. Joe Schmelke not able to join me, but he is here in spirit and we will have his prediction coming up in our final segment as well as mine and uh, and we'll wrap up this show. But before we do that, I want to thank the Vroman Group, the Vroman CPA Group for all their support of not just HawkeyeNation.com but the Polk County Eye Club and Hawkeye Athletics. Uh, support the Roman Group as they support Hawkeye Athletics. want to get a look at Minnesota from the other side. I do a podcast on Hawkeye Nation each week called Opposition Research, where I reach out to a blogger, a broadcaster, or a beat reporter uh, from the opposing team to kind of get a look at, at what they're doing, what they think of this game, uh, what they're expecting coming in. And Minnesota's an interesting one. They've had a similar season to Iowa so far. Two tough losses in the first couple of games, and then a big win uh, in a big kind of breakout performance last weekend. In Mil- in, in Minnesota's case, it was against Illinois. I've said this several times. It's hard to put all of this into context because we don't know how good or how bad anybody is. We do know Minnesota has a powerful offense. They have uh, a lot of weapons there, and we know their defense has struggled. So expect this to be a high-scoring game? Possibly. I was happy to be joined by Minnesota Beat Writer for the Star Tribune. Her name is Megan Ryan, and she joins me right now. Megan, thank you for the time.
6: Thank you so much for having
1: me. You know, it's our first time playing on a Friday night here in Iowa, and you've been there before, including earlier this season. What's the feeling there in the fan base about these Friday night games?
6: You know, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. This year is so weird that I feel like everything is just kind of like, whatever at this point, you know, <laughs> right. I think there might've been more outrage about it uh, if it were a normal season, but now it's just kind of like, man, who knows? Um, I know the Friday night things have been a little controversial because it kind of does away with the, the, the foundation of what football is in this country, which is Friday is for high schools and Saturdays is for uh, college. And then Sundays is for the NFL, but Uh, You know, the thing that was kind of cool about the last Friday game they had, if they had actually managed to play better, was that, like, everybody was watching that Maryland-Minnesota game. Like, I was just going off my Twitter feed, but, like, all the national writers, like, that was the kind of only thing that was on. And so it had a lot of eyes and attention, especially when you're in this kind of COVID era where people aren't going out on a Friday night like they maybe would have in the past. So. You know, if you can actually play well, you can command a lot of attention in this kind of more national spotlight than you would have had, you know, on a Saturday when there's a bunch of other games. So, there's pros and cons to it for sure, but um, I think people are you know, generally just happy that there's football at all this season.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, and I think a rivalry like this deserves some some national spotlight, some more eyes on it, some some attention, and and hopefully we can all, uh, give them a good game Friday night between Iowa and Minnesota. Now the the Gophers got off to a st- tough start to the season, uh, but got right on Saturday, and it's very much like what Iowa has gone through, starting 0-2 and then blowing out Michigan State Saturday afternoon. What changed for Minnesota last week, or or what clicked maybe to make it Look so much better.
6: Um, you know, a little hard to say. I think the from just if you're just looking at the Gophers' perspective, definitely they got the passing game a little bit more involved from the start. Rashad Bateman, um, you know, had an early touchdown. It was his first touchdown of the season, and they got. You know, the passing game was a little bit more interspersed in the plan, um, whereas they had heavily relied on the run the past couple of games. And the passing kind of seems like an afterthought, which is weird considering you're returning Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. So, But, I mean, when you've got Mohamed Ibrahim and the way he's running, I kind of get it. And, you know, against Maryland, I think it made sense to try to focus on the run. But, anyways, the game plan was a little sketchy. So I think it's good that they got the passing game uh, a little bit more involved. The defense definitely was better. Um, they tightened a lot of things up, I think, which is good. Uh, the The problem, I mean, the hard thing for the defense is they were so, so bad the first couple of games. Um, and I don't know if Illinois' offense was really a good barometer to say, oh, they fixed it. Like, they only allowed 287 yards instead of 675 like they did at Maryland. Um, but the thing with that is, you know, the Illinois' offense is not super strong to begin with, and they're on their 4 string quarterback. So you kind of expected that performance. So I a jury's a little bit still out on the defense, and if they really vastly improved or not. Um, I think special teams has gotten a lot better. In part, of that's because they just have bodies back. Like they, the first game of the season, they had their like second string kicker doing field goals and kickoffs, even though he could only do pooch and squib kicks because he's still recovering from sports hernia surgery. <laughs> um, and then they had their backup punter, who was not very good. God bless I'm Sorry about that. But uh, so now they have their kickoff guy back. They have their field goal guy back. They have their punter back. So, yeah, they haven't played, you know, I think the last game was their first one where they actually all made an appearance at the same time. So we'll see, you know, how they improve this week. But there are definitely signs pointing upward, but it is hard to say because I do think the difference with, with Iowa and Minnesota, even though Iowa's got a different, you know, the, or the same record is that Iowa's had a lot closer games um and played maybe a little bit better caliber of, of opponent. Um so We'll kind of have to see what happens, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's so hard that in, in this season, you know, without non-conference games, with really such such a weird off season where for so long we didn't even know if games were going to be played. It's hard to it's hard to put context into any of this, really, because uh, you know, looking at Iowa's schedule before this season, you thought, okay, these first couple games might be easier, and then this is really when the season gets harder you go to Minnesota, you go to Penn State. Well, now these games maybe look a little easier than they did initially, and maybe those losses to Purdue and Northwestern aren't quite as bad as as Maybe they were. We don't know how good Maryland is. Or as you said, uh, was is Minnesota's defense much better or is Illinois' offense that, that bad? It's just such a hard season to really kind of uh, th- to get a grasp on. Uh, you know, here here in Iowa, we know names like Tanner Morgan, Rashad Bateman, Mohamed Ibrahim. Those are all guys that we know. Outside of those three, who else is dangerous? Who else should we be looking for on the gopher offense? Um,
6: I think, you know, as far as receivers, Chris Ottman-Bell is really someone that, that's people should look out for. He was the number three receiver last year behind Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Um, and he kind of had his moments where he, you know, did kind of cool things or stunning things. Like I, the big one was he had the overtime forcing touchdown at Fresno state um, in the early in the season which was a game they ended up actually winning. And so, you know, he's one that people, I think, overlook. Um, and still, even now, they, they do because Rashad is obviously the big key. But he's definitely capable of making big plays. And um, he he is someone that if a team chooses to double-team Rashad or try to take him out of the game, you know, there is another very valid, solid option at receiver there. So he's definitely someone that people should look out for. Um And then I think, you know, the thing with the run game, I mean, Mo has been so dominant, but he has some guys behind him that are pretty good. Um, And Trayson Potts actually was the the, the number two running back, and he scored his first touchdown last game at Illinois. Um, And he was looking very good, but he came out of that game with an injury. Uh, We're not sure what, obviously. It's all very obscure, but, you know, it's a lower right leg injury. And so... I'm not sure if he's going to be back in time, which would be kind of sad because I think he was finally kind of coming into his own and, and being a really good support there for Mo. So, um But, yeah, you know Chris Oppmann-Bell is dangerous. They've got a freshman receiver who's also starting, Daniel Jackson. He's had some good moments so far as a true freshman um, and could be kind of like the next big star once Bateman undoubtedly leaves for the NFL after this season. So they've got a couple other options, but yeah, definitely Tanner Morgan and Rashad and Moe are the stars.
1: How about defensively? Who who are some of the big playmakers or maybe just a position group or two that, that we should be looking out for?
6: Um, yeah, you know, it's hard to say on defense because it's just been a little it's been a little rough on that side um, for <laughs> for a couple of games now. Um I think the if I had to pick someone out, I, Boye Mape is he's definitely their most impact player and he's kind of an interesting case because He's a defensive end, and he was um, rotated in a lot last year as a sophomore on their kind of pass rush defensive end package that they had. And he was definitely the heir apparent to Carter Coughlin, who is obviously now on the New York Giants um, and just sacked Tom Brady, actually. So he, he was kind of this guy that we'd, we'd heard, we'd seen him play and he definitely, you know, been for really the good when he'd been in, in the kind of limited rotations that he had last season. And then we heard so much about him in the off season about like, he's got a 40 inch vertical and, and he's so fast even for being like a, a big DE and like, he's, Got all of these leadership intangibles. Now that Carter's gone, he's like assuming that mantle and all this stuff. And then the first two games of the season come, and he's not starting. Um, he's playing, but he's not starting. And so it, they started him at Illinois, and and I obviously that was their better defensive performance. It's hard to say if that was you know the, the sole reason why they were better. But he is somebody I think the coaches are are expecting a lot of big things out of him, and I'm not sure that he's fully uh achieved that in their eyes or has earned that um but it it is you cannot deny that he has a lot of athletic ability and he is definitely one of the guys most able on that defense to make those impact plays that they were known for last year. Like he's already in three games this season without even starting two of them. You know, he's tipped a pass for an interception. He's gotten three and a half sacks. He's forced to fumble, like those kinds of things um, to do when you're not even technically starting a majority of the time are big. And they had a lot of that in abundance last year with your Antoine Winfield Juniors and your Kamal Martins and whatnot. So he's definitely somebody that I I think the coaches expect more from um, and could definitely be a dangerous player to look out for.
1: You know, here in Iowa over the last like 22 seasons, we've gotten pretty used to Kirk Ferentz's uh, you know, stoic steadiness. Um it, it seems a little different up there with with PJ Fleck, you know, talking about everybody poops and uh kind of a kind of a different guy. Is it is it fun to cover a PJ
6: Fleck team? I uh, yeah. <laughs> it, I will say the the thing about PJ is there's There's never a lack of things to write about. It might not always be the thing you want to write about. Like, we probably have a lot more questions of, like, who's got COVID? What's this injury? What's going on with this guy that we haven't seen? Like, we have kind of hard-hitting questions like that. Um, And he might not always answer those, and you might not be able to write as much as you want about that stuff. But he will certainly supplement you with kind of outrageous things or interesting Mm -hmm. things or silly things, um, which has its merits, too. I mean, I think he is a guy that – fully understands a couple of things about college football. One is that his main audience is to 17 to, 20 to 22, 23-year-old kids, right? Like, that's the, those are the guys that he is trying to, to connect to and motivate and inspire. And he does that. I think we've kind of seen that in recruiting battles and we've seen that in, on the field. He's got a way of getting, getting to them. Um, so he's very good at that. And then I think he also understands that this is an entertainment business. You know, in the end of the day, like they're out there to 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 put on a show for people. And so he's very good about, you know, inspiring fans and getting them excited about things and, you know, making it fun. So, yeah, that part of that, that that is all great. Sometimes I do wish that they're a little more transparent about other things, but at least (laughs)
1: They give me some fun stuff to to play with every now and then. This is a a fun rivalry, obviously. Floyd of Rosedale, the you know who hates Iowa chant, all this stuff, and and there've been close games, but for whatever reason, Iowa has come out on top each of the last five games. How big of a game is this kind of as a for a program for the fan base? Uh, How badly do they want to beat Iowa?
6: Well, the fan base wants it a lot. Um, and that hasn't changed for, for several years, right? The the two games on the schedule every year that matter the most to Govers fans are Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, and, I mean, this is the sentiment that I heard a lot last season, was that if you lose those two games, it almost doesn't matter how good the rest of your season was yep. because those are the two games that matter. And I think that was a real sticking point about last season. Like, I don't think anybody's denying that – Eleven and two is a great year. Going on a nine and zero run to start the season is great. Going to the Outback Bowl, like a New Year's Day bowl that was in sunny Tampa, and everybody, all the snowy Minnesotans got to travel down to Florida, like that was all great. I think people enjoy that. But it is a huge sore spot that the two games that they lost that kept them from the Rose Bowl and the Big Ten Championship, or even the the CFP potentially, were those two rivalry games. Um, That is hard for a lot of Minnesotans to understand. And so I think that. They are the fan base is really wanting this kind of revenge win or just any kind of dominance over these border rivals that they have, you know, been on the losing side more recently in in in, in the past than they have been on the winning side. I think for the program, it's it's you know they're funny because they like all sports teams they try to pretend like they don't have a human emotion so they're like oh it's just like any other game yep just you know go trying to go one to zero this week and it's like but is it really like. I, I, They can say that all they want, but I am absolutely sure that these players are miffed about last year because you cannot be a 9-0 and team and go down to Iowa and lose like that and not be upset that that happened and that that took away all your chances, at, you know, these things that you really wanted and that were so close and like literally in your grasp. You just had to win and it was yours. Um, so. I know that they're upset about it. And I've even seen a couple of them on Instagram, like, you know, even though they might say in the press, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But then on Instagram, they're like, it's rivalry week. Like, nobody forgets disrespect. Ah. So they, they want it. I know they do. Um, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game for that because there's definitely some extra motivation on these gopher sides to, to right that wrong from last year.
1: She is at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter. You can follow her work uh, on the Star Tribune. Megan Ryan, thank you so much for the time today. We really
6: appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So
1: there it is—an inside look at Minnesota, what they expect from this game, and, and you know what it means to their fan base. And and this is a big game. It's it's always interesting. You know, we have these old Big Ten West: Wisconsin and Minnesota and uh, Illinois now Nebraska, and it's always interesting to kind of hear how the other side thinks of us. Uh, this is a, a rivalry that has not has been lopsided over the last five years. Iowa has won every game. They've been close games a lot of times, and, and important games several times, including last year where, as Megan referenced, uh, Minnesota came in with a 9-0 and record and Iowa kind of ruin their season. They they would go on to lose to Wisconsin as well, as she alluded to, but uh, that was really the big game, and they're going to be coming in wanting revenge. It should be an interesting game tomorrow night. It's going to be fun to play on a Friday night, a 6 o'clock kick tomorrow night uh, up in Minneapolis. We will return with our final segment. We'll get some predictions and uh, get you ready for the game tomorrow night. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show. It's powered by the Vroman Group, and it's on 1460 and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.
0: Hey folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but Westside Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and Westside's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give Westside a call. 515-276-8899. Westside Appliance, your home appliance repair app. Experts. John Miller here for The Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call The Roman Group at 515 278 4531. That's 515 278 4531. The Roman Group says, go. Hawks. If you own or manage a fleet of
1: cars, trucks, or equipment, at Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester ls.com again that's 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com
3: Reynolds and Reynolds is a full service family owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds and Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products including health, life, disability, 401k, property and liability insurance. At Reynolds and Reynolds we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling and price. Please call Reynolds and Reynolds at one 800 767 two to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds and Reynolds Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks.
4: Every day, Fast Signs helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Signs, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Signs today. Call
1: Fast Signs and Clyde at 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. And Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show. It's on 1460 KXNO, now on 106.3 FM and anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Andrew Downs, usually joined by Joe Schmelka, unable to join me tonight. Uh, but I do have his prediction, which we're going to get to here in just a second. First, I want to say thank you, first of all, to you for listening. Also to Westside Appliance Repair for their support of Hawkeye Nation, of this show, of the uh, Polk County iClub. And of Hawkeye Athletics as a whole, uh, check out Westside Appliance Repair. And if you want to be a a member of the iClub, Polk County iClub is a great place to do that, a great place to support Iowa Athletics. And in a year like this, they need all the support they can get. It is prediction time. And even though Joe isn't here uh, physically, he is here in spirit, and he has a prediction. He tells me it's going to be cold. It is going to be cold up in Minnesota tomorrow night. A reminder, a Friday night game. You can hear it on News Radio 1040 WHO. Joe thinks we can run on Minnesota, but he fears that they can run on us. He goes 24-17 Hawkeyes. We win the special teams battle convincingly. That is Joe Schmelka's uh, prediction. And I'm kind of along those lines. I do think we'll be able to run on them. I think we'll be able to take that defense apart a little bit. I'm worried that they're going to be able to uh, find some holes in our defense. Mohamed Ibrahim is a fantastic running back. He's going to get his. Rashad Bateman is going to get his. Tanner Morgan is going to help Rashad Bateman do that. And so I think it is going to be a high-scoring affair. Iowa doesn't win a lot of high-scoring shootouts, as John Miller pointed out in the, in the first segment of this show. Uh, in the Big Ten but I think the Hawkeyes can do it. I think we'll see that offense uh, continue to improve and continue to take a step forward. I think we'll see Spencer Petras settle down, Tyler Goodson really break it out again. And uh, I like the Hawkeyes 35-27. to 27. A close game, but I think Florida Rosedale is coming home. Thank you for listening to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. Join us every Thursday right here on KXNO. Check out HawkeyeNation.com for all your Hawkeye coverage and follow us on Twitter at Hawkeye Nation. We will be active during the game. We'll have post-game stories and recaps and all the fun stuff and an instant reaction podcast late Friday night. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.